Hello, I'm Chrissy, And I'm Caroline. And we're Interior Designers. More and more people are asking us about what we do and how we do it. Which brings us to our new design adventure, the Design Duet. Join us as we discuss the ins and outs and the ups and downs of interior design. Welcome, Chrissy. Hi, Caroline. How are you today? Well, how about you? I'm very good, thank you. Good to hear. We've got a good one today. We have. We have questions that we get asked by lots of people that we come across daily or we might get a direct message from clients. Emails. Questions, emails. Text messages, Instagram. All of it. So because we get asked all of these questions, we thought this could be a really good episode to answer some of these questions that we get asked about. So first question, Chrissy, to you. I just bought a house. Where do I start? Well, that is very broad, but we do get asked this, don't we? Sure do. And I would have to say, firstly, you have to think about what your priorities are. If it's your first house, I'm thinking you probably don't have a big budget. So priorities is everything. Yes. So I would generally say, for me, I would always say I'd do the kitchen and the bathrooms first, if you can. If you can't, a lick of paint, perhaps restaining the floors if they're floorboards or Mm -hmm. redoing the carpet, making sure all the electricals work, making sure you don't need to restump. That's all very important too. And they're things you don't see, of course, but they're crucial. Absolutely. Crucial safety elements. So true. And perhaps you stage it. You might do Mm. one, two, three different stages where you work on the front of the house first. Stage two is working on the back end of the house or doing the landscaping. Yeah, because often that sort of question is asked by someone who's maybe a young person just coming to the market. So we would say to them, let's talk about where your priorities lie because Mm. some people might say, look, you can be in our equation, but we need to know, couldn't you please give us a guesstimate about how long it's going to take you to help us? Yes. And that's fine. But if you're doing it by yourself, you know, DYI is massive now. Yes. And, you know, having a person or a group of friends or family members who can help you out in this area is ideal. So, for example, The painting, like you talked about, if you've got someone who can give you a hand over a couple of days or in the garden or doing the floorboards or whatever room you want to put your priority into. I I mean, we could come in and do a consultation and tell you what we think is the priority. Exactly. As part of the bigger plan. That's right. And then you just chip away as you go. That's right. And we've all been there. We've all been there. Okay, I've got a question for you. Mm-hmm. How do you know which colours to use? Okay, so this is a question I absolutely get asked probably every month, if not every other day. week. It's a hard one because we, for example, talk about whites and creams a lot and because often people are afraid to use colour. So white and cream seems to be the starting point for a lot of people. So I do talk to them about what is the feel that they actually want to achieve. So is it warmth or do they want it to be a cooler palette? Do they want it to be more contemporary or do they want to have it so that the areas can feel bigger? So we talk about that a lot when it comes to colour. Do they want cohesion? Exactly. Or are they actually up to doing a colour? So I would definitely encourage someone to use colour where and if possible, because I feel that that's quite unique and individual. 
they might want a dark, moody colour for drama. You just don't yes, know. Yes, that's right. But the sort of the general rule of thumb, though, Caroline, is greens and blues and pale pinks. They're calming, they're relaxing colours, they're warm colours. They're always good in sort of bedrooms. Yeah. Lounge rooms. Yes. Aren't they? They are. Whereas the earthy tones, which just seem to be very on trend at the moment, yes. not that we stick with on trend colours, but we certainly do keep that in the back of our mind because a lot of people do come to us and talk about what is current, mm-hmm. but they're fantastic colours and very warm. very warm, very inviting, easy colours to work with, whether it's in a commercial environment or whether it's in a residential or whether it's actually a cafe or a restaurant. Yeah, Easy colours to use. And greens are good in restaurants. Yeah, absolutely. Freshness, aren't they? Freshness, make you hungry. (laughs) Okay. Usually clients, I think they generally want consistency and flow in their open plan spaces. So generally I would say we will often do lighter colours or like off-whites, neutrals and sort of pastel-y colours in the open plan areas. Yeah. Again, it's just sort of brighter and gives the illusion of the space being larger, which you sort of want in the open plan area. Yep, that's true. We do get a lot of comments. We get a lot of people asking us about feature walls. Yes. You know, and we do use a lot of wallpaper. So it's another thing that a lot of people ask us about. Mm. Wallpaper. How could I incorporate wallpaper? And where? Everywhere, you would say. (laughs) I would, absolutely. Well, what about a feature wall then, Chrissy? What about you? What do you think? No, thanks. Okay. Been there, done that. Okay. And I think they date very quickly. Mm -hmm. And I just don't know why you need one. So you would encourage a client to do an entire room over a feature wall? I'd rather see a gorgeous colour in the entire room than a feature wall. They're passe, sorry. Okay, gone. Gone skis. What about Venetian style? Yeah, well, that's very on trend at the moment. Mm. And I love the look somewhere. It's gorgeous, yeah. Yeah, I definitely feel it adds a lot of luxury. Yes. um, When done well. Yes, and the whole area, not just... Yeah, again, a not a feature wall. Please. Yes. Um, Please, people. I feel like... Don't do it. I feel like if it's um, yeah done well, because there is certainly different levels. Yes. So it is, it's a beautiful effect, quite European. Yeah. Definitely, definitely European. Okay, next question. What's the right white, Caroline? Okay, so again, going back to what I talked about before, there is a lot of warm whites and there's a lot of cool, you know, white. cool whites. So I definitely would encourage my clients, and I certainly do do this, to have a brush out. From looking at a brush out, I would encourage them to do sample pots. And a brush out is when you just get an A4 piece of the actual paint colour. Which you can get from like Julux. Yep. Anywhere it's available and you can put it in the room that you're thinking of using that particular colour. But you might want to establish whether you want a warm white or a a cool white first. And I think brush outs are fabulous because you can actually do that Mm. with those. And I also would say once you have established, you know, if you're wanting the warmer or cooler white, brush outs are great, but just to get a sample pot of it, it's not very expensive to do and you can buy that from your local paint shop and just put it on the wall Put it on. Put it in different areas, areas where yep. the light is different in that area. Daylight at night time. Yep. I encourage people to do that because cool whites have blue and grey undertones, mm-hmm. and they're softer on the eye, and they make spaces feel larger. 
but they're often can be for people feel a bit cooler and colder. Yes. So yeah. that's something to consider. Yes. Whereas the warm white has sort of peach or yellowy undertones and it's more a relaxed warmth, isn't it? And softens yeah. the spaces. So you've just got to decide which you want. Often the cool white's fresher. Yes. Isn't it? It's a personal it's choice. It's a personal thing. choice. And, you know, then people will come back to us and say, what do you think? And it's like, oh, well... And you're making the decision yeah, for them. And yeah. you are. You're making, And it is a big decision, especially if they're doing it in the whole house. So talk about what else is going to be put in that area. Talk about what colours they do love and enjoy. And do you want that whole area to be the same colour? Exactly. Not everyone does. Not everyone does. So we find that with cool and warm whites that... Often when you put a colour in next to it, it does reflect that colour a lot more. Yeah. So if it is a it takes cool, it, on. it does take it on. If it's a cool colour and you put a blue next to it, it does take on a cooler blue undertone. Mm. Mm. But then again, if you put a blue in a warmer white area, mm. you do find that it just becomes a warmer blue. Yes. Not as cool. Yeah. Definitely. Totally agree with that. Should you use two or three colours on the exterior of your house? Mm, good one. I love colour, as everybody knows. Mm-hmm. So, If you could have a pink exterior <laughs> colour, you would? I would if I could, um, but I can't at the moment. But you never know <laughs> as time goes on. So, yes, I would encourage people to do a lot more colours, but I also would look at the style of the property. Mm. If it was a house, mm. I definitely would look Edwardian or Victorian, just yeah. a couple of examples. They can absolutely take three colours or more. Well, they're more detailed. They are. Or, so more you, ornate. You can pick out trims. Yeah. You can pick out areas and yep. spots that could take on another colour, where a deeper colour and a lighter colour as a contrast and then do another colour in between. Yeah, whereas like let's say the brick clinker, yeah. you're going to have the brick colour and then one other colour. Exactly. Literally, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, definitely. But there is the rule, Caroline, the 60-30-10 mm-hmm. rule, mm-hmm. which the 60% is the main colours, let's say the walls. Yes. The 30% of the colour is your secondary colour and the 10% is an accent colour. So a lot of people follow this rule Yeah, on that, any style of house. Yes, and I think that's talked about a lot. I think it's mm. very common that breakdown. But you don't have to use it as we were just saying. No, absolutely not. It might depend on the style of the house. Yeah. And also we encourage people to be brave, step out of their mm. comfort zone. So Yeah, choose colour palettes or look at colour palettes that you wouldn't necessarily look at. Yes. That aren't trend driven. Exactly. Another one, Chrissy, this is a question that we get asked a lot and we have covered this before in our other podcasts, but how many cushions? Oh, yes. How many cushions on a sofa? How many cushions on a bed? Yep. What is the right size? What's the right colour? Patterned or plain. Exactly. So I would say on a sofa, it's personal, but I would say I would definitely prefer a casual look if it's a family Mm -hmm. environment and I would probably have three um, cushions and not necessarily all the same size. Might have a 50 by 50 centimetre and maybe a... 45 by 45. I just think so long as you've got three cushions, you can move one cushion up the other end if someone needs to put it behind their back. I might probably, I personally prefer block colours with maybe one patterned. Don't mind a botanical Mm -hmm. to go in that mix. I think it's totally your vibe of what you want. Yeah. 
but that's what I would do. Three and we've also found out a lot of companies bringing out decorative cushions, which yes, is fantastic, yes. easy to buy yes. off websites. And, and also good quality. In your local shops. Mm. Good quality and the actual sizes, you know, are different now. They're going for rounds, they're going for mm. uh, little sausage uh, ones, little um, yes, long, elongated. Long, elongated. Yeah. There's lots of people doing oversized ones. And for your bigger sofas, especially when you've got your large scale Open plan modular modulars, and also uh, people often have larger sofas in media rooms, which mm. are very on trend at the moment. So, you know, having larger cushions that can be on your sofa or actually floor cushions, yes, fantastic. Double it up, pop some feather and foam in there. Yep. So, for me, never too many cushions. Oh my God. <laughs> for you, maybe well, a few less. The difference is, I have sons, and they just what do we need? <laughs> 10 cushions for. You're actually having a conversation about cushions, they'll say. But yeah, there's no rule. No rule. And again, like we have said in our styling podcast, just set it out. If it doesn't look right, rearrange. Exactly. Okay, Caroline, here's another question that we get. What size rug should I use? Mm-hmm. This is a good one and often asked. So I'd probably, again, start if you've got something existing can you use that? And so, therefore, if you were to use it, where can it be positioned? For example, if it's going to be in a lounge room, can you have a leg, a couple of legs Front on it legs from the of the sofa, of the sofa on the it chair. with the chairs or the ottoman? Or does it sit better to actually sit all with all the furniture on top of it if it's large enough? Yeah. So. How big do you need your rug? Do people actually sit on that rug? Yeah. Often we've got families who ask us, our kids actually play on the rugs. and They want it to be comfortable They want it to be soft. comfortable. Mm. So in that case, we would say an oversized rug's ideal. But if you don't have that luxury of buying a new one, mm. you know, just place some legs from the sofa, from your armchairs, from your ottoman on the actual rug so it feels like it's encompassing the room. Yeah, definitely. And if you're buying a new rug, make sure you know the size of the room that the rug's going into and what furniture is going to be on it or next to it. Absolutely. So that's the only way you can determine the size. Exactly. So in the same with, you know, having a dining table Mm. rug and it's same with having an entrance hall rug or having, you know, your rug halfway underneath your bed or in a study area. You know, just making sure that the rug size doesn't look too small. Yes. That nothing worse than something Like a pimple on a bum. Yeah, nothing worse than having something a bit too small. Uh, I agree. Next question for you, Chrissy. What size sofa do I need? Well, it depends on how many people are sitting on the sofa. It would does. You say? I would say that. How many bums on seats? So exactly. To speak. <laughs> As I say often. <laughs> so true. So, you know, we will say to a client who sits in this room, who enjoys this room, who's going to be using this room. Definitely. And from there, that's probably how it dictates what. Well, so if you've got a family of four, you'd probably have two sofa, two three to four seater sofas. Yeah. Because you probably find two will sit on one, two will sit on the other. Yeah. Um, or you might even mix it up and have two armchairs and a three-seater. That's it. And if you've got a small space, you might just have two seaters. Yeah. Or you might have an L-shaped sofa. Exactly. It depends how many people. It depends on, on how many people are sitting on those sofas. Here's a good one. Help. I bought a sofa before measuring the space it's going into and doesn't fit. What should I do? Uh-oh. This does happen <laughs> oh. a lot. It's like your worst nightmare because 
especially with custom-made furniture. You can't return it. You can't return it. So once you've put your deposit down and once it's been made and once you've got it to you, to your home, it's yours. Yeah. So that's where we come in to a lot of people's picture and we measure and measure and often it's done several times. Before manufacturing starts. Absolutely, because we've got to find out how we can actually get into the property. Yes. If it's up a stairwell, yep. is it going to fit? Is it? What about getting it through a garage, getting it through the front door? What about going into an apartment up seven levels? Exactly. So that is something that you've got to consider. If you are stuck with this sofa that doesn't fit, you could try taking the legs off to see if you can manoeuvre it through the doorway or trying it obviously on an angle. Yeah, your delivery guys generally are very good. They'll give it their best shot. But I can't tell you how many times we've had to measure up. Mm. And there has been times, especially recent times, that we've actually said to the manufacturer, before we actually purchase this piece, we need your company to come out and actually measure up the stairwell. Because we can see it and we know and have given you the measurements, but we're just not 100% sure. So instead of going ahead with that, very expensive piece, dining table and also beds. Yes, that's A massive right. one and also your sofas. We need to know if it's actually going to fit round the corner of the stairwell. Yeah. Or otherwise, because it's a very expensive project to get it over a balcony. I've had to measure up a service lift before just to make sure we could yeah. fit the sofa in the service lift. Well, they're often not big, are they? That's right. How many times have we got to go one and just think, oh, you're joking. Yes, it lift. looks so yeah. so much smaller. So making sure with that question, what's the measurement of that actual sofa is very important. It's crucial. And what could you do as a result of that, Chrissy? Get it cut down? Well, you'd have to. Your manufacturer is not going to take it back. Try and on-sell it, On-sell it, yeah. And... We cannot tell you how many times people have rung us with a please help. Well, and they're not cheap sofas. They're not cheap. So if you're having it custom made, so be careful, people. Absolutely. Next question, floorboards or carpet, Chrissy? Well, for me, definitely timber floorboards in the living areas and the hallways. Mm -hmm. And obviously wet areas, you'd prefer to have timber or tiling I like carpet in bedrooms. Mm-hmm. I just like the feel of it under my feet. Yes. But you could have floorboards. Mm-hmm. What about you? Well, that's a question we get asked a lot. So, mm-hmm. again, it's personal preference, it's isn't personal. it? So, we always come back to talking about this with clients and just say, what do you actually want? Because it is so personal. So And I also, feel like, what's the look you're going for? And is it practical? Yeah. Is it for children? Is yes. it for teenagers? Is yeah. it for older people? It's all of that too. So. Anything that you can wipe up a spill yeah. easily. So sweep all of easily, that, all of that comes to the practical. equation. Yeah, mm. I agree. Mm. This is a, a good one. My quote for my renovation has come in and it's hundreds of thousands of dollars over my budget. How am I going to get this job done? Okay. So, I will say with this day and age, especially after COVID and during COVID, this has happened with a lot of clients and there is mm. nothing worse. There's nothing worse than getting a quote back because things are expensive now. Renovations and interest rates and yeah. everything seems to be 
become more difficult with being able to get supplies. So yeah. as a result of this. And, and no one knew this was going to happen. No. The building industry changed. And as a result COVID. of this, it's things have become more expensive. And so this is happening quite a bit. And people have already moved out of their houses and they're in rentals and then yeah. all of a sudden they get slammed with this incredible bill. Yeah. So they have no choice but to try and figure out how to make it work. Yeah. So, which is so unfortunate. It um, really is. So we do try on of speaking with our clients. We absolutely say to them, you've got a budget. You need to talk to your builder or you need to talk to the architect about it because if that's your budget and you have to stick with it, well, you'd rather not have things quoted up. So how do we... Well, I think you go back to looking at the plan, which hopefully you've got. Exactly. And just seeing what you can eliminate. That's right. Do you really need all the bells and whistles? Do you Mm -hmm. really need to have that $10,000 oven? Can you do some budget cuts that way? So you're saying appliances, Chrissy? Appliances, perhaps your finishes. Yeah. Perhaps instead of stone on your bench tops, you go with a laminate. Yes, and, yeah, not using stones everywhere or yeah, marble everywhere. That's, that's it. You know, taking it back and pairing that back. Perhaps you don't need to have a full walk-in wardrobe. Perhaps you could save some money by just having wardrobes in your bedroom. And often you'll get just as much storage in a row of yeah. wardrobes in your bedroom as you will in a walk-in row. With a chest of drawers. That's it. And a pantry or a butler's pantry. Do yeah. you really need an extra kitchen area? Can you just have a pantry cupboard? Yes. It's that sort of stuff. Because cabinetry is expensive. Oh, my God, it's so, so expensive. So throughout the house, that would be one of the biggest things that you can pair yeah. back. Joinery, um, definitely. Joinery, It's definitely. always a shock, isn't it? It's always a shock, without a doubt. Mm. I think that the majority of clients would always say to us, wow, I wasn't expecting that. And we can talk it through from the beginning yeah. of the job, but yeah. we've got to – it's a shame, like, that we have to pair it back. But yeah. – Joinery, I feel, is something that actually can be added to later on. That's right, but you can still change the finish and it will still look fantastic. I agree. So it's got to be your priority. That's right. And maybe you don't need those three extra rooms. Yes. You can do without that and that will save you hundreds of thousands. And we've talked about before bathrooms. You know, a lot of people at the moment on trend are having bathrooms put in each child's bedroom and a walk-in robe. I just, I just see that not as more necessary. cleaning. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. More bathrooms to mm-hmm. clean. Mm-hmm. No thanks. But so considering that, you might say, okay, let's have one main family bathroom and it might be an extra shower room and it might be, you know, having a couple of toilets throughout, scattered throughout the home. Mm-hmm. Powder rooms. Powder rooms. Yeah. So Rather than every bedroom having its own ensuite. And there's hundreds of thousands of dollars saved right there. And just selecting a cheaper tile. Yeah. And you don't have to go from the floor to the ceiling with the tiles. I agree with you. You just really need it in the wet areas. Yes, I agree. So there's definitely ways you can cut costs. I agree with you. perhaps you do a bit more DIY. Yes. You do your landscaping yourself. Yes, your painting. Your painting. Um, I don't recommend doing the electricals yourself. (laughs) No. (laughs) Unless you're an electrician. (laughs) Yeah. But also, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But also, what about in your alfresco areas? Um, again, yeah. that's been a big part of something that's on trend at the moment. Yes. That everybody needs a built-in. Yeah. Electrolux barbecue yeah. built-in alfresco area. Yeah. You so don't. You don't. So you long know? as you can cook some meat on a barbecue. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. And again, if that's not your priority, just 
leave it out for the moment and then just do it as you go along. You're still going to be happy. Yes. Getting the bill done. And That's just right. Not cutting corners, no. but it's just thinking about where your priorities lie. That's right. Another good one, I'm looking at downsizing. What do I keep? So this is something that we've found a lot of clients come to us at the beginning, just before they're probably even starting to buy yes. something or look at something and to consider something. And that's great. Mm. That's when we can definitely come into play and go through what they've got. Do you love that? Yes. Is that what you're looking for? Would you like the to take it with you? pieces. Exactly. Can mm. we get it repurposed? Can we reupholster? Can we get the art redone? And reframed. Mm. It's going to depend on size, of course. Yeah. Obviously, downsizing means every room's going to be smaller, less yes. space. So, so, helping them through that, isn't yeah. it? And talking yeah. through. And also, if they've got something that they've bought, fantastic. That yeah. becomes so much easier for us yeah. to know where measuring up where items can be placed. Mm-hmm. But if they haven't quite done that, then you know, getting rid of the majority and then just working with what's existing that they'd like to yeah. keep like giving, if it works. Giving their children that have moved out all the stuff that you've kept of theirs, their old school reports and yes. special toys yes. and first shoes and stuff. <laughs> yes. Hand it on. You hand it on. Get yeah. rid of it. Now's the time. That's right. And also, what's the most important requirement in a house? of a young family? Well, we're going to say, especially with us and our families, storage. Storage is key, isn't it? Definitely. You think about the bikes, the balls, the gigantic sports bags, like cricket bags. Yes. So it's all of that, isn't it? Yeah. And it's everything that comes with children. It's all their One million drink bottles. Yes. All their school bags. It's all their books and Mm. yeah, it's just everything that comes with them. So Definitely storage is a big thing, whether it's built in or whether it's freestanding and it's something that you can get rid of when you've finished with True. it, when you've finished with that time of their lives. You just want to give everything a space. Yeah. So, it's But it's spot. the same with little ones, just having little people and the toys that they've got. And children. Children. Yeah. And just having a, a box or a little spot for everything just so that it can you know, be simple to pack up and easy. And, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think storage is probably the I key. I think storage most definitely. Yeah. And just very practical finishes. Yeah, definitely. Because life's messy with a young family. Life is messy with a young family. Well, that was fun. I love doing the questions. Yeah. Thank you, of everyone. Course, if anyone has another question, they can always look at our the Design Duet Instagram site and you can send us a DM if you'd like. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. See you next time. Bye. So here we are wrapping up 2023. We'd like to say a very big thank you to our listeners for your support during our first season. We have loved the experience and cannot wait to bring you more incredible episodes on interior decoration and design next year. We hope you have a wonderful, great holiday period And until next time, happy Christmas. Happy Christmas.